1: This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability show for CPAs, where we're always discovering how to build better clients, a better practice, and a better life. So we are in this weird situation now where communication is more difficult than ever. We're communicating um, remotely. We have vast political Differences of opinion, we have uh, micro, um, <laughs> and I can't remember the word for it, <laughs> microaggressions, and, and we have all of this, you know, we have these these people that are ultra sensitive, and we have these people that are going, well, I don't want to be sensitive at all, and the question is, how do we make this all work, and where we've got productive people, otherwise productive people, how do we get otherwise productive people who have vast uh, differing personalities. How do we get these people to work well together and to communicate each other and actually be able to positively communicate? And uh, today we're going to discover just how to do that. We have an expert, Devora Zak, um, who wrote the book "The Cactus and the Snowflake." I love the title. And. Um, neither one a particularly uh friendly term for people right now and we have a lot of cactus uh, uh, a lot of cacti and a lot of snowflakes um that's for sure so devora thank you so much for joining us today my pleasure to be here with you so if you would devora just give us a little of your background
0: and why you took up this subject of all subjects so I have an MBA and um, another degree in psychology and communications, and I'm a certified practitioner in something called neurolinguistic programming, which is a cognitive science about how we communicate and process the world. So all this comes together um, to my work as an executive coach and a leadership consultant and an author on all different types of topics related to business, including personality styles. And I know for a lot of my clients, CPAs or engineers or attorneys, you name it, may not be typically thinking about different personality styles to be successful in how they engage in their work. However, it makes a tremendous difference once you get the idea of who you are and how other people process the world and how to meet people where they're at.
1: So so I, it's interesting. You have this thinker-feeler spectrum that you talk about in your book. And um, you know, a lot of CPAs, we tend to be thinkers, right? Um, can you kind of describe the, the the difference? I presume these are polar opposites here, and there's some spectrum that everybody uh, falls on along the line. But can you kind of describe the
0: difference between the thinker and the feeler, and how they communicate? Sure, thing. So, thinker and feeler is uh, the, the that terminology is based on Carl Jung's uh, type personality typology, and I've adapted it to be a little bit more user friendly to call the thinkers cacti and the and the feelers snowflakes and Uh, Some of the fundamental differences are that the cactus will lead with the head, whereas a snowflake leads with the heart, and a cactus values logic really strongly, whereas a snowflake highly values sensitivity. So when making decisions, for example, the cactus will be analytical and base it on their decisions on reason, whereas a snowflake will be empathetic and base their decisions on feelings. So a cactus prides him, him or herself on being direct in discussion and conversation, whereas a snowflake uh, thinks diplomacy is more important. So these are all, as you said, diff- very different ways of being in the world. So we, when, when we're engaging with different people, we then want to meet them where they're at. I call it flexing your style to build rapport and increase productivity and morale in The workplace. And even though these what I just described are opposites, picture envision a continuum. So some people are one extreme or the other like, you know, really relate to the cactus prototype, whereas um, other people are more in the middle and have a mix. We all have at least a little bit of, of both.
1: Yeah, I, I, uh, although I'm sure we've all met, um, both sides uh, have met people that we think don't have any of the of of the other side, right? <laughs> right, so, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, so in your book, you you actually start out talking about CPAs um, right on page two. So, uh, tell us tell us that story because I think it's a great story.
0: So, uh, when I started uh, business school myself many years ago. I didn't have a background in accounting, and I was took my first accounting class, and they were talking about debits and credits, and I befriended a CPA. There were plenty of them roaming, this, roaming the aisles of the business school, and I said, just all I need to know is, are credits good and debits bad, or debits good and credits bad. And he wouldn't answer the question. He said, well, it depends and it's not that simple. And I burst into tears and he and I are still good friends to this day. And we laugh about that story all the time. And I I tell the story in a little bit more detail in the book because I relate it to people asking me now all the time, are snowflakes good and cacti bad or are is good and snowflakes bad? So it's payback time for me. Now I have to explain to people that uh, it's not one's good and one's bad, it's just different, they each have different qualities. And uh, the, the first step is to understand ourselves and to understand and acknowledge and appreciate and accept who we are. And the second step is to uh, calibrate how we engage with people based on what matters to them. Not to change them, not to try and get a cactus to care about feelings more than logic or vice versa, but it's the it's the opposite of that, it's to say, I'm going to accept that this person has a different personality style than me, and I'm going to use m- language and motivators that work for that person um, instead of trying to make them more aligned with how I am.
1: You know, I, I actually like the um, comparison to debits and credits because what, um, <laughs> when, I, when I teach accounting to non-accountants, I say, look, here's the way it works. Debits are on the left and credits are on the right. One's not good. One's not bad. One's on the left and one's on the right. And that's all it is. And because you hear like the bank credits your your account, right? But they credit your account because it's a liability to the bank. So it's bad to the bank, it's good for you. But it's not a debit, it's not a credit to you, it's a debit to you. And people get really confused about this. And so they go, Well, what do you mean? If I get a credit in my bank, that's good. Well, but that's where we get misunderstanding because we're not understanding where that that's coming from. I literally had an economics professor who was like so confused by debits and credits. And I'm going, (laughs) how are you an economics professor? Right. This is what I'm thinking. But, but, you know, I think the point is where they're coming from and, and communicating on their level is so important as opposed to communicating from your, your, level. Now you talk a lot about that. Don't, uh, Don't do the golden rule where, you know, you want them to communicate the way you'd want to be communicated with, but rather communicate the way they need to be communicated with. And I think that goes to your, your NLP studies and tell us a little bit about that and how, how you use that to make your point and actually get a better winning situation
0: than you would if you tried to communicate your way. So applying the neuro-linguistic programming and the the neuroscience behind it, there's, uh, there's the, the the first step is to understand and improve the way we communicate internally, how we process the world in our thoughts in our in our head, and then to improve the way we build morale with others by focusing on the two primary ways we communicate: our our kinesthetic, our physical uh, interactions, and then our language, our linguistics, and that's where language comes in. So it just turns it turns out that. Um, cacti tend to use the word think more often, and snowflake tend to use the word feel more often. So one thing to meet people where they're at and to build rapport, we want to try and figure out what side of the spectrum each person favors, which um, is where some people get stuck. So I call this the big two um, to try and and identify what matters to other people. The first part, part of the big two is observe. So just notice the the language that people use. Notice what they focus on, what they talk about. They talk about the bottom line or they talk about saving the world. So and it's not always that clear cut but start to pick up on those nuances. And then the second part of the big two is so often overlooked and so useful and it's simply to ask. So first observe what people um, seem to care about, what they talk about, what the kind of language they use and then ask say What what's important to you? What matters to you? So, as a CPA, uh, to start out conversations uh, with new clients like that is tremendously helpful in how you engage with them moving forward.
1: No, I I totally agree. We actually we have a network of CPAs, and we every single conference we have, and we have four or five conferences a year. Every single one we talk about how to ask good questions, because the more we understand about the other person, the better we can frame what we're saying within their framework. So can you can we go a little bit there? Um, do, you, do you talk a lot about framing? Do you work with framing and how to frame your discussion so that the other person understands it?
0: Absolutely. And I love that you talk about that in your conferences. That's very progressive of you. <laughs> so we first of all, we want to be clear that there's a big difference between behavior and preferences. So innate preferences and behaviors we engage in. So one key focus of this book is to be true to yourself, to be authentic, Um, but then see people say, well, how can I then be my own opposite? So you're still true to yourself and authentic and you still have the same innate preferences, even if you are able to have dexterity in how you engage with people, how you meet people where they're at, your different behaviors can be very wide and so that you can, instead of assuming other people are going to be like you to be like them. Like you mentioned that I'm not a fan of the golden rule. So I espouse the platinum rule, which is to treat others how they want to be treated, which might be very different from how I want to be treated. If I treat everyone the way I want to be treated, then I'm going to get it wrong about half the time.
1: No, that's a a good point. So can we talk about cacti for a minute? (laughs) Sure thing. (laughs) Because I I think that's a more it tends to be more predominant in the uh, accounting world um, than the, the, than the snowflake. In in fact, um, I've got a good friend that I um, uh, work with a lot and he's a really, I mean, strong cacti and he snowflakes. He won't even talk to him. He won't even talk to him. He he don't want him uh, anywhere around him. He goes, I mean, that is a pejorative uh, to him. A snowflake is a bad, that's bad. And you know, cacti, look, it's matter of fact, this is the way it is. What's wrong with you? So how do you, you know, if you've got the cacti that are really strong um, and they're very logical and they're very head and they think, wow, if it's about feelings, boy, you're in the wrong place. What do you do? Do you, do you I mean, if, if you're a leader and you're a cacti, uh, you're, you're a cactus, uh, do you say, well, I'm only going to have cacti, you know, cacti in my,
0: on my team, which is one answer. So here's what I would do. I would use cacti language to respond to someone who said to me, I only want to engage with cacti, not snowflakes. I would say that's not so very practical in terms of building your business. So I'm still, I'm using language. I'm going to intuit that the cactus cares about being practical and growing the business and um, being logical. It's not very logical to say half the population I'm not gonna engage with. So I think part of it is that, and then also taking away the judgment that one, one way is right or wrong, instead to simply accept people have different reasons for their behaviors. And when we think we know everything about a situation or a person, we're always wrong. We don't know everything about those people. So. It's to kind of take away that aggravation and to focus on what you control, which is really only three things in the whole world, which is your thoughts, your your actions, and your behaviors, and your words. So if you focus on what you control, then uh, you won't be as frustrated with the snowflake and just kind of detach from that judgment and instead to say, hey, this is a great challenge for me to build a relationship, a working relationship with someone that sees the world different from me. Maybe I can learn something, but you're still fine. Maybe he, this person is threatened by the idea that, uh, he'll turn into a snowflake or, you know, I don't know his, the psychology behind it for him in particular, however, but I would, would emphasize that he'll be more successful if he learns to engage with different types of people and still is authentic to who he is.
1: Mm, That's interesting. So, um, You talk also about uh, curiosity, um, but how does that relate to snowflakes and cacti?
0: Yeah, this ties right in with with this theme of what if someone is very judgmental of another personality style. So that's where the curiosity comes in is to replace judgment with curiosity. If you're a cactus or you might also as a snowflake might prefer the word compassion. but. Um, the idea is to say instead of being saying you're wrong or i'm going to judge you i'm going to just be curious about that's interesting that person processed that conversation so differently from me uh, let me try and learn more about that as opposed to that person is wrong for example for being upset about that conversation so if, if we can if we can think that people are fundamentally different inside people like to say oh we're all basically the same and I am here to say that we are not the same inside that people are really different and we become less judgmental uh, and more curious and interested in learning about people when we realize that we're fundamentally different that people engage in the world in different ways and this ties into the concept that I have in the book which I call the non-event so it's not so much that people are too sensitive or not sensitive enough. It's that what happens to one person in a in, in, when you're in a meeting or in a conversation to one person might be very upsetting or just dis, disruptive to them, and another person, it literally was a non-event. Like nothing happened in their world. Like they didn't even experience any any kind of a- angst around it. That it did, nothing occurred where someone else thinks some big fallout happened.
1: Okay, so. Let's take that to where we are in the world today, where we've got really strong opinions. And I I mean, I remember growing up, you know, you you didn't talk about religion, politics, right? In the U.S. Now, I actually was a Mormon missionary in in France. And in France, they always thought Americans were so ridiculous. They go, if you're not going to talk about religion or politics, why are you talking And so they have this whole different different. different perspective (laughs) Uh about the conversation and the argument, but where we are right now, it seems like, like people are literally afraid of giving their opinion. They're literally afraid of, um, oh, you know, there's so much PC going on. There's so much, you know, if I say something wrong, I'm going to get fired and I could get fired 10 years from now for something that I said today.
0: So how do you deal with, I mean, that, I mean, that is a landline. So. This, this comes up a lot of times, people ask me, which is kind of in a nutshell what you're saying, what if you just don't click with someone? What if you have different opinions and, and different approaches to the world? What do you do? And the good news is, is having a solid working relationship does not depend on clicking with someone. What, what If you realize you have really different perspectives than someone else, uh, what I recommend is to accept the differences and to leverage each of your strengths and to come up with shared systems about how you can work successfully together. So to acknowledge the differences and accept them and then focus on what I call personally relevant benefits. What, what does some, what's relevant to that person? What matters to them? What do they care about? And focusing on that as opposed to the differences. So it's really about, again, systems, not saying, oh, we have to all be the same.
1: So one of the things we talk about a lot is being transparent. So that sounds to me like what you're saying is, you know what, you just need to be transparent. Let people know who you are. Let people know this is this is the way. You know, this is how how you feel about that, and and accept that other people feel differently.
0: And also to recognize that to one person, transparency is another person's uh, like alarming reality that we're not clicking, and they might short circuit. So. Um, this is where it comes back to the idea of calibrating how we communicate based on who we're with and what that person's like. So giving the example of giving feedback to somebody, if you're giving feedback to a cactus, uh, they might really appreciate saying, okay, there's three things you really need to work on based on what I saw in your presentation. Uh, Let's address them. And as a cactus, how do you respond to that? It's like, great, that sounds perfect. If you say the exact same words to a snowflake, they might start to short circuit. Right. <laughs> so it's not. So instead of saying, "Oh, they shouldn't sort of short circuit. They shouldn't get so emotional," just say to yourself, "How can I create feedback in a way that will speak to the the snowflake?" So, uh, I, I see you put a lot of work into your presentation, and you hit a lot of great points. And there's a couple areas we can improve upon further. And then the snowflake's ready to listen, as opposed to melting down. So the, once again, this is replacing judgment with simply how can I be useful and how can I help this person um, process this information I'm giving, as opposed to just saying they need to suck it up.
1: Okay. This is, this is great. So, um, so wrapping up, so give us three things that we can do. I mean, what are like three specific things that we can do in our communication so that um, we don't have these vast clashes within our workplace?
0: So Let's start with uh, a little acronym that I have in this book called NAY, N-A-Y. So this has to do with um, how we communicate with ourselves. So when we are getting agitated by someone else, by their personality that's different than ours, remind yourself of this N-A-Y, NAY, which stands for not about you. So it's not about you, this this other person's personality style. It, it's really uh, to separate ourselves from that. Another one is to... Another little re- memorable statement is to mind your own business. <laughs> so we think we know what's best for everyone, and it's like, oh, that person should you know have a, more of a spine, or that person should be different from how they are. Th- that person is who that person's supposed to be. So focus on your own business, what you can um, change. Like I mentioned before, your thoughts, words, and actions. Uh, another thing you can do is to remember and engage with people in a way that you keep in mind that thoughts and feelings are not facts. Just cause you have a thought about something, it doesn't make it a fact. And just cause you have a, a re- inner response to something doesn't make it a fact either. So those are, I, I call those some of my mind benders to really switch the way we process our, our engagement with others.
1: I love it. Uh, not about you, uh, mind your own business and, and um, uh, stick to, you know, it's facts are facts. So really appreciate it. Uh, De- Devorah Zach, the book is The Cactus and the Snowflake. Um, it's debits and credits, and uh, not, they're, they're not good or bad. They're just ones on the left and ones on the right. Thank you, Devorah. really appreciate you coming on. And remember, everyone, that when we do pay more attention and ask better questions, when we really find out how to communicate with the other person, we're always going to have better clients, a better practice, and better life. Thanks. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the WealthAbility for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to wealthability.com.
0: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.